Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, Mizzou, in shocking fashion, is 3-0. Um, they beat Kansas State on Saturday. Uh, this this show's going to start uh, with that on Saturday. Me and Peyton hopped on right after the game to recap it. Um, we all we already posted that on YouTube and uh, on the pod platforms. Um, so if, if those who've already listened to it, feel free to skip to quick hits or re-listen to it. I don't care. It's choice is yours. But we're going to start there. We obviously have a great interview as well with Reggie Blackwell, former Kansas State D-end. Um, host of the Believe in K-State podcast. Um, so plenty, plenty to dive into. We talked about it for like an hour. What a game. It was absolutely wild. Um, and then we'll do quick hits, and then we're going to finish the show with our SEC tier list from uh, the week just gone by. So, yeah, we'll 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 finish it out. Plenty to get into to start your week. Great show for you guys. Mizzou's 3-0. We're riding high on this show, and, uh, yeah, we're going to decide to dive into it. With that, the unwritten rule starts right now. Attention, everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule, and depending on when you're listening slash watching this program, available on podcasting platforms and YouTube, it is either Monday, September 18th, or it's Victory Saturday, September 16th, because yes, that's right. In shocking fashion, the Missouri Tigers are 3-0. Against our predictions, against all odds, seemingly, um, Missouri defeating Kansas State on Saturday, today, the day we're recording this part of the show, 27-30. to My goodness, what a game we had. It started in the first quarter. Phillip Brooks, Kansas State, marching right down the field, scoring a touchdown, punching one in, and then Brady Cook unleashing the arm. Finally, you know, for the first time in forever, guns won to a wide open Luther Burden. It was beautiful to see. It was about the only highlight they showed at halftime from Missouri. Harrison Mevis made a 55-yard field goal, or missed a 55-yard field goal, made a 30-yard field goal. We'll get back to him. Um, penalties, penalties, penalties. Kansas State might be the only team I've ever seen um, cripple themselves with penalties more than Missouri. Um, Missouri tried to do that as well, especially at the end when Eli Drinkwitz uh, took a spike as a timeout. We'll get to that. But then upsteps the man I just mentioned, Harrison Mebus. 61 yards. That is an SEC record. And Missouri storms the field and marches into their home stadium, I guess. Um, their fans march onto the field. They march away with the win. They're 3-0, and Peyton. We couldn't believe it. I know our co-host, Kenny, we couldn't believe it. We're going to give him a word on Sunday. I know he said, I know he was kind. He said he, he said he would give his, you know, his, his brief takes, but he's, he's going to get a chance to, to say his piece. But my goodness, what a game. 61 yards. Harrison Mevis knocks through the winning field goal and Missouri is three and what a game. Oh yes. Um, one of, Oh God, I was not doing well under the stress. I won't lie. Um, but you know, it really looked for a bit there. Like, um, let's just start with you know, kind of thoughts about the game. Uh, you know, the, the Brady Cook rolls his rolls his ankle. Um, offense sputters out of the half. 
K-State takes control. Missouri rallies back, you know, and they they get the ball with about five minutes left with a chance to maybe ice the game, really. And it, it was starting to look like a mis- the old adage, Mizzouing yourself. Um, they, they take just two, an unbelievable delay of game that somehow was the third most ridiculous delay of game in, in that fourth quarter, but it was still a horrible delay of game. You get, I believe it was a false start. I don't even remember. I'm just in a, such a good mood, but Missouri stalls out. They punt it. K-State gets the ball at the 40. You're thinking this is how it ends, you know, but Missouri's defense, that was going to be the big story to me. If Mizzou lost was Missouri's defense could not get off the field on third down. Um, then Missouri's offense couldn't do anything on third down, but they get off the field. Missouri, Brady Cook, they run a perfect drive to get into Meavis territory, you know, and then they take the absolute worst delay a game I've ever seen. And, you know, Meavis, I was not even really excited to watch the Meavis 61-yarder. I thought, you know, Meavis has a cannon of a leg, but there's no way. But he makes it. Drink gets his signature win, even though he, he really, really tempted fate there at the end. And he admitted as much at the end there. But, God, one of the best games I've ever seen. Um, this was the game in front of your first sellout crowd since 2019 that you needed to win if you're Drinkwitz to show we're building something here. There is going to be progress this year. You open up a chance for a really, really positive season this year now um and yeah they're three and oh barring a disaster they'll be five and oh going into lsu we'll see what happens there's a million things i didn't even mention you know in the game recap that we can dive into you know and i i think it's a fitting place to start with the end but i mean brady cook along with will howard kansas state's quarterback both playing through injuries. Kansas State's tight end fullback guy wears 34, lines up in the slot sometimes, lines up in the backfield sometimes. Seems like he was open every single play. Penalties, the, the wildness. But yeah, we have to start at the end. The, you know, spike of emotion, you know, and, and, and peak and valley that I think all Mizzou fans felt starting with the, all right, you spike it down, pretty far field goal. This guy struggled from from but deep makeable. or from makeable. yeah makeable for him. This guy struggled not from deep with, with the chip shots. Um, the commentator had a had a really good thing about that when he made like a thirty yarder. He was like, "Mevis makes you makes you nervous about your own short game." He was talking about golf, but like you get in that position, spike the ball, ready to go, and then just the you know you you look back up and with two seconds left, they're still huddled up on the sidelines like it was a timeout. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Everyone's probably throwing their remotes at their TV. Can't believe this. We're going to have maybe another overtime, maybe another Auburn of last season. And then up steps the thicker kicker, America's kicker, as I've seen him as I've seen him called on on various X dot com posts. Um, and just, yeah, what a what a wild, um, you know, wave of emotion, I guess. You know, I've tried now I'm trying to reframe this in a, as a question, but we're just, you know, kind of trying to kind of trying to process everything. Um, we had the, the phone, was it a, it wasn't a phony flag either at the end. It was, it the, was a real flag. K-State had it, it was two number eights on the field, which is two number eights. for Drinkwitz's first bowl game at, that they actually played at Mizzou, the armed forces bowl. Um, when Cole Talley, Army's kicker made the game winner, Mizzou had two, 
uh, number six is on the field, Tiki Chisman, whoever the other one was. Um, yeah. But so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was, I, I was just gonna. gonna... I mean, the the real story there. I mean, it's so fitting. The two things people have really harped on this season going into this game, if if not the old line, were Brady Cook and Harrison Mavis. And um, Mavis missed another one today. Um, it was a long one, but, I mean, there was no way you could be confident in any kicker really kicking a 61-yarder. But also just with the way the season has gone so early for Mavis, it was kind of a, like, eh, this is probably not going to go well. And that that whole sequence, I mean... Brady Cook steps up, makes a great throw to Theo Weiss. They execute the spike. I don't, I don't know how you're not aware of the, the game clock at all times. I mean, or the play clock at all times. You're just standing there on the sideline. And I literally looked up and I said, "Wait," because I saw it ticking down from five four. The offense is still huddled, and Drinkwitz is like pushing them go out there like they had any prayer of doing that. Um, but it was, I don't know. It was just. It's an unbelievable bailout for everyone, for Mavis. But, I mean, after the early season he's had, why wouldn't it go that way for him, you know? Longest right. field goal in SEC history uh, to beat the number 15 team. Totally deserved the the, the field storming it got. Um, this was a what, maybe the biggest win Mizzou has had since they – went to the SEC title game in like 14 and 13. I can't think of one that was really better because they didn't win any of those bowl games under Odom that would have maybe declared them back. Uh, They haven't won. I mean, maybe the Cotton Bowl in 13. I really don't know. But this was the win for Drinkwitz um, that he's been looking for that really galvanizes your program. And uh, yeah. I mean, they, they better be 5-0 and um, going into LSU. But, I mean, now you can really get the ball rolling. Yeah, I guess the, the way I wanted to form, formulate that as a – you know, that whole sequence in a question was, you know, ju- that's football, right? Like you have such a seemingly boneheaded moment that then is redeemed by, you know, just a, a kid with a, you know, a massive leg who had his own struggles, like you said – you know, that's, that's just the kind of stuff that that's how a game can turn literally in an instant. And yeah, what I want to, what I want to ask is it's, you know, Drinkwitz was, was booed pregame we heard. And, you know, I know some of his actions were booed. We can go back to halftime when Brady cook was kind of hobbling. They didn't try and gun it for another field goal or a touchdown when they got the ball back late in the first half. But yeah, in terms of job security, I don't really think it can be overstated. We knew what the stakes were going into this game. They're now halfway to securing bowl eligibility. I know they they want a lot more than just that, but that's been the standard, uh, you know, that Drinkwitz has set the last three seasons. And now in year four, they're already halfway there. It seems like the sky's the limit in in what was one of the most difficult games on their schedule. Um, but yeah, let's let's dive into into more of the game. I'm glad we didn't bury the lead there. You got to start at the end. Field storming looked awesome. I think we're all or you you and I are both safe to say jealous. We never got that opportunity in our time. No at Mizzou. kidding. Um, but you know the kid good for good for those kids they got to go enjoy that moment with the players players seemed like they were they were having fun as well but let's let's dive into some of those individuals like that made this happen and um you know i should say we we're going to talk later with a former kansas state uh defensive end reggie blackwell he came on to give his take on kind of what went wrong for the wildcats so we'll talk a bit about that there too so there may be some redundancies however 
I think we should start with Brady Cook, Peyton. Um, what a performance. Uh, um, he, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah you, go you go, go, you go ahead. Take it, take it away. Take it away. Oh, Brady I was just going to say, I mean, if you still were doubting that he has the job, look, I get, the, yeah, I get the, the angst with how the QB situation was handled. I was frustrated with it because if you're going to start cook, start cook. Don't make this phony QB battle where one QB gets 24 pass attempts, one gets five. But the, the angst towards Brady cook, I thought was a little unfair because Brady played well against South Dakota. He had moments last year where you could tell it's like this guy could be an average to an above average SEC quarterback, which is all this team needs to win eight or nine games. Um, and last week, I thought he took a little too much black. Not that he was good, but I mean, the O line was just terrible. Um, this week, though, I mean, maybe we should have expected it because he seemed to know what was at stake uh, after Middle Tennessee State saying, like, the whole. Yeah, I mean, it, it, next week starts tonight. You know, we we want this one really bad. It showed every single snap he was out there. He was far and away, really outside of Luther Burden, was the best player on the field when Mizzou's offense was on the field. He really looked that good. I mean, especially in the first half when he had full range of motion, uh, they were using his legs. They let him cut loose. I think there's no doubt in my mind now the offense was absolutely holding things back the first two weeks because, I mean, they came into this game with five-plus, five 20-plus uh, yard plays, and they had that by, like, the third quarter. I mean, the, they were just airing it out. I mean, Brady Cook, after Kansas State took the 14-10 um, lead, I mean, that next drive, he just absolutely left no doubt. I mean, that – the throw to Mookie was perfect. He identified the miscommunication right away. The throw to Brett Norfleet, who Norfleet is really flashing. We are feeling. We are a Brett Norfleet podcast. Yeah, I'm he is. It. He's going to be he very is, good. He is flashing a big time ceiling early. Um, like I like what I'm seeing out of him. And then, man, that that fourth down play uh, from Brady from uh, Kirby Moore, rather. Um, the play design was unique. It was. Okay, let me say, if they had actually pitched it to Luther Burden on that and he would have had to run seven yards on a three-yard touchdown, that would have been a really bad play call. But Brady kept it, kept it kept it going. Um, Good decision-making. Mm -hmm. I mean, Brady Cook, did he put the ball in harm's way once today? It really felt like he had just perfect reads when he went Control. back to pass. Yeah, it was the far and away the best game he's ever had at Mizzou. And he's had some good games before. I, I, I think back to Arkansas last year, South Carolina last year, games where he was really good. I mean, he Army. was our Army. Yeah, his first ever start. I mean, this was the moment for him. And I'm very happy for him because he's taken a lot of flack from, from Mizzou's fan base, a lot of it unnecessarily, um, a lot of it unfairly. Uh, he had a quote after the game um, that kind of, I'll, I'll find it here quick. But, I mean, this is a guy that grew up dreaming of being Mizzou's starting quarterback. Doing this. Of doing yeah, this. Doing exactly what he just did today. And the fan base at times. And, you know, I've, I've given him some crap before. I, I think I, we I'm all have. Not, I think everybody has. He absolutely left, erased all doubt that he absolutely deserves to be QB1 today. Um, they, he's, he, he, nobody in the fan base 
should be doubting that this is the guy they need to win eight or nine games. And his quote after the game, he said, I think he was asked about them, him being booed in the first quarter, which I didn't even hear, but apparently either, it did yeah. happen. Um, I hear it. It's hard. This is my dream school. All I want to do is play quarterback here. I'd like it if everyone else wanted me to play quarterback here. And that quote, I think, is 100% where we should be at at this point. Brady Cook has absolutely deserved, uh, has absolutely earned, rather, the trust in everyone. And you know what? I, I don't really think there's any doubt that anyone would de- would be against him starting every game now. I mean, he absolutely cut loose today. He looked like a real quarterback. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. And even battling through that rolled ankle. I cannot say enough about how Brady Cook played today. Uh, 356 yards, two touchdowns, 35 pass attempts, of course, got, got injured. Um, you know, he had the knee injuries this is a second. He's not, does not have very good luck against Kansas state with being healthy. I was wondering Peyton, when you were, if you were going to say, um, that the offense was holding back in the first few games, cause very quickly it became apparent to me, you know, yeah, we, we had kind of said, you know, we believe that Kirby Moore and co maybe had, had put it all on the line already in the first two weeks. And it was very, it was very apparent quickly that that was not the case. And the other thing I I will just piggyback off with cook and, and the offense in general, seeming to finally open up, you know, I, I went on a little bit of a, a rant about how, you know, I watched these other, uh, these other really good sec teams. I just watched Georgia complete like a, you know, 40 plus yard pass to set up a touchdown you know, they're able to open up their offense so easily. It seems like Mizzou just plays so conservative. And then in the first quarter, you come out and respond to a very good drive by Kansas State with a, a amazing throw from Brady Cook. Great separation from Luther. Yes, there was some blown coverage in there, whatever. Um, but that that is an SEC, a good SEC, you know, tier caliber of play. Like it, it just was it was so nice to see Brady Cook being willing to, to air it out like that. Him getting the trust of his own team to, to air it out like that. And this, you know, that's what he can do. And he didn't make it happen with his legs. I'll get to that later, but I, I do want to turn next, you know, Luther burden. He did it again, seven receptions, 114 yards. It's the second consecutive hundred yard game after he got the first of his career last week. You know, he, he is the guy and their connection is apparent, but Peyton, I want to ask you about something Kenny pointed out, which, you know, and kind of wanted, was hoping to see, which was kind of sharing the wealth a little bit with these wide receiver weapons, because there are guys in this room that can make plays. And those guys made plays today. Uh, Mookie Cooper, 79 yards, Theo Wee, 72 yards, Marcus Johnson, a freshman had one catch for 42 yards. And it was a great one. He was covered and made that play. Um, You know, what's your take on that? Just finally seeing cook, obviously using Luther burden, like we know he can be used and, and the offense opening up, but seeing some of these other guys step up and what that means for, a Mizzou offense whose running game was shut down today. Yeah, and I mean, you expected the running game to struggle a bit um, considering Kansas State was getting up 38 yards on the ground, a game entering it today, and obviously Mizzou's a step up, but they were going to have to air it out. Um, And I think Kirby Moore found, found the ingredients today. I mean, he really did find the perfect balance of being able to use Luther Burden like a wide receiver one and being able to get everyone else involved. I mean, that was such a perfect rotation to get Marquise Johnson, who's just, we've heard about the speed, the game-breaking speed. It showed there. He just took the top off 
of Kansas State's defense set up the field goal there. Um, it was It's so huge to get Theo Weiss and Mookie Cooper to have the games they had today while still having Luther Burden be the bona fide guy. I mean, I, I, I don't know where this team would be without Luther Burden. He is truly... I, I've never seen someone so gifted with the ball in their hands. He breaks every single... If you're the first guy going to tackle Luther Burden, fall to the ground. You're not getting him. You are not going to touch Luther Burden. And the commentary team honestly had a pretty good quote about it. He's harder to tackle than he is to cover, really. And that's not a disservice to Luther Burden getting open, obviously. He was open plenty deep today. Um, But, God, when he just – that swing pass where he took that to the house, I I cannot believe Mizzou has that – kind of talent to work with and they were still able to make everything else happen around him it's like there was one play and it didn't even go for too much but there was one they swung it out to him in the backfield and there was a guy right there and I was like this should be a tackle for probably a five or six yard loss and in at no point in my head when he caught that ball did I think he was getting tackled there is just like if he is one on one when he has the ball, he's going to make at least one guy miss. And that's just such an asset. Yeah. And the touchdown, it felt like he had 50 yards of space when he realistically only had probably, you know, 20, which is still a lot. But like, yeah, it just he can make he can expand the field and give you so many options. And yeah, I think you make you make a really good point just about, um, you know, Marquise Johnson, Mookie Cooper, Theo Wees, all these other guys. Brett Norfleet, Brett Norfleet podcast. He he. Would it demoss that guy? He had a cra- yeah, that catch was nice. It was a was crazy nice, nice catch. Um, was I catch. will also say of Luther Burden, he has already eclipsed last season's receiving yards total that he had. Um, yeah, he, he. I just cannot believe how good of a season he's had so far. Um, I think the most people probably already knew about Luther Burden. If you didn't know about him before today, you learned his name today. I mean, just yeah. the difference maker you need if you want to be a good offense um and hopefully he leads the charge for an eight or nine win season for this team for sure um and I don't want to I don't want to get you know too down on the on the running game either because it was tough and we expected it to be tough we previewed that this Kansas State defense is no joke um Daniel Green I was impressed with him they have a guy named Kobe Savage which is one of the one of the coolest names I think I've ever heard um, who they, they led the way in tackles. They had nine and eight respectively, but you know what, when it mattered most, Cody Schrader, you know, stepped up. He had 58 yards on the ground. One or most of that came on one play when he had that 36 yard run. I believe it was pretty late in the game. Um, you know, that, that comes in, he steps up when it, when it matters and when, you know, he needed to step up. And I think that's what we've kind of harped on with this team, where if one element of the game, isn't going your way, whether it's the passing game or the running game, the other one has been able to step up. The running game has been pretty strong in the first two weeks when, you know, the, the air attack hasn't, hasn't been. So, you know, we saw kind of a, the flip side of that. So I think, I think it's still pretty promising. Like you, you can't, I don't think you can knock Peter Schrader too much on, on this game, considering the defense where they were playing, considering they still made plays when it mattered. Yeah. And here's the thing, neither run, neither running game had much to work with. I know Kansas state had like probably over 120, 30 yards on the ground today. I'd have to double check, but they were never, ever able to rip off anything really longer than five yards. I bet there were more runs of one or two yards than there were of six or seven. Uh, And that was the big difference. 
and Mizzou's was able to make the big plays when it mattered. I mean, Nate Pete on that last drive, even if it wasn't, I mean, he had the the first down run. I mean, he was able to catch, or no, he didn't catch a pass out of the backfield, but he did have that first down run on the last drive. Obviously, Schrader had that big one that set up the swing pass to Burden. Um, and an, another thing that was hampering Mizzou in the run game, Cook obviously couldn't move. Um, and he You're is right. going to be, you could tell early on they wanted to get him on the move. The first two play calls of the game were runs for him, uh, designed runs. So if Brady Cook is healthy, I wouldn't be worried about the run game at all. Um, but yeah, I, I thought when it mattered most, Mizzou was able to get two really big plays out of their run game. Kansas State was not able to get a big play out of their run game. And I think that was the difference. Yeah, let, let's go to that. And obviously, you know, we don't want to put a damper too much on things, but that is going to be a question mark is what is the extent of, of Brady Cook's injury? Obviously, he was able to keep pushing, pushing through. K-State fans are going to have their own questions about Will Howard because that dude was was grinding it out. I got to respect him to to stick it out. He had to just go it. Was there actually, wait, sorry, brief tangent. Was he able, so he went at wide receiver when they would put the backup in just to run to give him a break. Were they not yeah. able to take him out of the game? They had to put him at receiver? They could, but they, I mean, you can, but you, I mean, chose to kind of keep you. It's, they were going to, when Avery Johnson was in the game, it was going to be ground and pound no matter what. It didn't really matter what was going on on the outside. Okay. I just wasn't sure if there's some sort of reason. Anyway, back to, you know, Kansas State, you mentioned not really having too much of a success on the run game. Treshawn Ward, who I thought a couple times came close to, to busting out a couple big, big run plays, he led the way with 54 yards. Let's go to this defense for Mizzou Payton because and we talk, we'll talk a little bit more about it with, with Reggie in terms of what they did and didn't do. Um, you know, what was, what was your take on them? Because obviously we got the turnover we were, we were looking for um, when we were previewing this game. I know that was a big thing early on. Will Howard throws that, I believe it was CAD that picked it off. Um, and, you know, but, but Kansas state big thing that they kept showing on the graphic was the third down success and Kansas state, was able was able to keep moving the ball on third downs at times, but obviously this defense held up when it needed to. You know how should how should fans feel about about the defense's performance? That's um, th- that's kind of been a theme under Baker. Is sometimes the defense will have moments where it's not looking as dominant as maybe you think it could be, but they have always seemingly consistently outside of like the Georgia game and it was Georgia um, <laughs> have been able to come up with a big stop. Um, Today they did it again. I mean, I was that was going to be my main takeaway if Mizzou had lost this game was the discrepancy in third downs. This defense really did struggle for a lot of the game to get off the field. They just couldn't stop K-State for a while. But, man, I would be surprised. I mean, they had, I think, maybe four of the last five third downs K-State faced, including a third and two at midfield. They weren't able to convert. Um, that was the big difference, I think, was, K- was K-State's offense – suddenly not being able to convert against the defense. Um, Blake Baker, I mean, you got to give him all the credit in the world. He sticks to his guns throughout the entire game, and largely it pays off. I mean, he creates exotic blitzes that almost always seem to create a big play in a game one or two times. And, yes, the turnover, that that led directly to three points. Mizzou won the game by three points. They They needed to force... I thought maybe he needed a couple turnovers. They only forced one, but Mizzou did not turn the ball over once, which is also something they absolutely needed to do, especially when you consider they gave up. They had four straight drives and then interceptions last year in this game. 
Um, so it was a good, it was not a great day for the defense early on. I mean, but when you really look at it deeper, I mean, K-State entered this game, four guys, I mentioned this on Thursday, four guys entered the game uh, with over 100 yards receiving. One of them, I didn't even, I neglected to mention Benson, Senate, 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 however you say it. I think it's Senate. Senate, yeah. I think it's Senate, yeah. Yeah, Senate, who has... We just heard two guys say it the whole game. We still can't remember. Yeah, Yeah. Senate, who obviously... I mean, the Senior Bowl was there today. They were watching Senate. Um, yeah, he, shout out. Who was it? Was it a YouTube comment that, that told us to watch I, I believe him? so. And yeah, shout out that, that, that shout commenter out that was on the money because Senate, yeah. I mean, they split him out as a fallback a lot. He was the one guy Mizzou struggled to stop for a lot of the game. And Senate had those two touchdown catches from three yards out, one on the jump pass. Uh, Mizzou struggled to stop him, but I did notice uh, that drive where Kansas State hit the field goal to high at 27-27 on third down before the delay of game the entire defense was zeroed in on senate i mean there were like four guys pointing like there's senate there's senate make sure to stop them and they they were able to get off the field at the end there and even though that wasn't a drive that maybe should have ended in a field goal niles gaddy had the unfortunate reach out on the face mask they got off the field when they needed to and they kept mizzou in the game when it looked like k-state could pull away and Brady Cook and the offense were able to capitalize. Yeah, that there were a couple early on. You know, obviously Philip Brooks is a is a known name because he's you know dangerous in the special teams too, which we saw glimpses of when on the rare occasions when Mevis kicked to him. But yeah, I, I I think this this defense deserves a good amount of credit. I was going back and forth on this take because I I actually thought they were pretty solid uh, around the red zone and goal line overall. I mean, there were those two touchdowns that were kind of free. That were taken back for, I think, three for four in the red zone. In the red zone? Yeah, and they entered entered the game as one of the best red zone teams. Yeah, and so I think you can can maybe take that away as a win. Obviously, penalties kind of got in Kansas State's way a little bit with some of those plays. Um, But I I thought Missouri was, was, was all right in that area. And again, they forced the turnover. They made Will Howard. Who's a good quarterback, by the way? He was he was doing a good job at evading, you know, tacklers and and able to get some throws off pretty quickly. But then that secondary would step up and have the coverage on those guys that you mentioned, Peyton, with the exception of Sinnott. That man was wide open every play, I swear. Um, had he had like two drops that I was like, he maybe did this have game two will, yeah. big drops in the second. I was half. like, maybe this game will go Missouri's way because I feel like in another game that guy catches that. Um, so you know, I, I think the defense does deserve a lot of credit. Um, Joseph Charleston led the way with nine tackles. Um, Tyron Hopper had eight, obviously Chris Abrams drain had the, um, the one pick. So they're on, they're on the board, um, for takeaways in 2023. Um, I will say just the last thing on the defense. Um, yeah, obviously they deserve a lot of credit, um, because it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. Every coach says that. And it's true. I mean, Mizzou had oh god it was two instances where K-State had a horrible holding penalty that negated a touchdown they had three touchdowns negated by penalties um two on one drive that set up a second and goal in 20 from the 21 but K-State was able to drop to score like reach the end zone on each one of those that that can't happen I mean especially the second and goal from the 21 you got to find a way to make a stop there and yeah. Ultimately, the defense rebounded. I mean, they played a great, great, great fourth quarter. I mean, 
that the, the last drive K-State had, I cannot say enough how big it was for them, for the defense to get off the field there. Um, so I still have all the confidence in the world that unit will be more than good enough to win a good amount of games this season. Yeah. Um, oh, before I go for full circle with Mevis, I think, I believe the only unit we haven't really touched on, offensive line. Now, I knew I was jinxing it when I said, huh, we haven't had, I don't think, any offensive line penalties, or at least not too many crippling ones. And then, of course, you have, what was it, two false starts on that final drive when they were trying to kick the field goal? It was um, the, the drive before the last one. They had a delay game, which that was on Cook. You got to know the play clock. You got to get yeah. the got to get the snap off um and then they had the the, the false starter i'm pretty sure it was a false start. i think it was a false start um and and then and then of course the other big one which didn't end up hurting them and there's there's two plays it's this one and then i you know it's so funny that we're talking about you know we talk all the time about mizzouing and doing this that the other thing if this game had ended in a loss we would have been talking about that first touchdown that kansas state scored where you have the pass deflection bobble right up into the air, straight into the arms of an awaiting K-State receiver, and yet we're not because of the way the game ended. It was that play, and then the other one that I think could have turned was the miscommunication, and Connor Tolleson snapped it to Brady Cook when he was looking toward the sidelines. That was scary. Brady Cook fell on it, um, luckily. Yeah. But offensive line, otherwise, you know, how were they? It wasn't a perfect day for the O-line. Um, they yeah. started Marcellus Johnson at right guard. They did not go with Doma Ogar. Um, they went with Marcellus Johnson, and he got rolled up on late in the first half and got hurt. That that was unfortunate because the O-line to that point was penalty-free and largely held up. I can't think of a real instance up until that last drive of the first half where they kind of gave up any pressure or anything. I mean, it was tough to run, but this is a tough run defense as we've kind of hammered home. Uh, the second half was not as good. The third quarter, I mean, Armand Membu missed a couple blocks, I remember. Uh, Tollison did, in the first half, give up a sack on three-man protection. That cannot happen. Oh, yes, that, I remember that. That was really bad. Um, but the O-line, you know, that la- that second-to-last drive, they gave up the two. Um, they had the two penalties. It was not clean, but it was better. It was much better than last week. And, you know, they lost two starters at points in the game Delgado had to come out too and Doma Ogard finally did go in at left guard um but the O-line it was not bad I think Cook was sacked twice maybe it it, it largely held up better in protection today it was a better effort all around um you had a couple penalties late but they didn't kill you they could have killed you <laughs> but they didn't kill you so hopefully we just keep seeing incremental improvement throughout the season uh, and this all line ultimately looks better. It, it's so funny. And, and, you know, before we get, you know, our final like quick hits on this game, I just like, I think talking about this with the O line is a good way to broaden it out to the team in general. This team is so good at playing up and down. It seems like to all of their opponents. And it's just, it makes for an emotional watch for Mizzou fans, I think. And, and I think that was, that was on display with almost every unit, but especially the O-line today. Cause I, I thought, yeah, they, they largely improved on where they were, if they had played how they did, which we said this about a lot of the parts of the team, if they played how they did in the first two games, they were going to lose by a lot. And we saw that step up. And now the hope is obviously that that level is where you keep things at um, moving forward because Peyton, let's move forward. I mean, I know it's dangerous to look ahead, um, 
because you know you don't you don't want to get your hopes too high. Mizzou fans are, I think, somewhat notorious of that. I think kind of every football fan is. I won't I won't specify that just to Mizzou fans. But you've got two games coming up now that, compared to K State, should be pretty darn easily winnable versus Memphis. Then your first road game of the season, September thirtieth at Vanderbilt, and then it's October seventh and LSU rolls into town. I know we've talked about this uh, on this show. Is it a possibility, given LSU, who crushed Mississippi State today, by the way, um, not that you know Mississippi State is too much to write home about, but, I mean, are we looking at a 5-0, and 4-1, and college I, game day, Columbia, Missouri, October 7th? Obviously, I don't know the I'm schedule right out there. off the top of my head, <laughs> but Mizzou, it's if Mizzou gets, and I do think it's an if, not a when, uh, it's an if Mizzou gets there at five and zero because I mean they've got to go. They they were able to buy Memphis out of a home game and put it in the dome. Uh, that was a great bit of scheduling that looks even smarter now for um, for uh, Desiree. They they got to handle their business there. Memphis hasn't lost yet, and yes, they haven't really played anybody too substantial. They did struggle with Navy um, on Thursday. But it is a 3-0 and team. They are in the American. Memphis is a solid program. And then you never know what can happen when you go on the The road. trap game but, of trap games. Yeah, Vanderbilt. I mean, Mizzou is a better team than Vanderbilt. No doubt. But it would not. I mean, it's your first road game, true road game of the year. And Vanderbilt, I mean, it's, it's not Derek Mason coaching anymore. It's Clark Lee, who I think is a better coach. You never know. But if Mizzou can handle their business the next two weeks, they really need to make sure they handle their business. Like, be locked in. You cannot overlook either one of them. Go week to week. Get to LSU 5-0. and And maybe you are looking at uh, college game day coming to town because Mizzou would almost certainly be ranked if they're 5-0. and LSU will still be pretty highly ranked. Um, maybe you get college game day. But you have maybe. to handle your business. Um and that, of course, assumes LSU doesn't stumble along the way either. Way to humble us all along the way, Peyton. I just want to put that out there. And the other thing I'll put out there, let's remember 2019, 5-0. You go to Vanderbilt five away. 5-1. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot about Laramie. Never forget about Laramie. Texas Tech. 5-1, um, and one, you go, you're ranked. Go to Vanderbilt away, expecting to be a quick 6-1, and one, lose that football game. They're rebuilding their stadium. They're playing this game at a construction site. Let's not forget that. So, yeah, it's just... And you never know. It's their first you road game of the year. Ne- yep. You never truly know um, how you're going to yeah. look in your first road game, especially Frank has had road struggles before. Last year, he oh, kind yeah. of mitigated it. Uh, he did get that big win in South Carolina when South Carolina was about the hottest program in the country at the time. But, I mean, this team can't afford to even think about LSU right now. They need – I think with the win over K-State, you got to reset. It'll be like, okay, we have something here. We really can have a special season, um, really get Mizzou back on the map. They cannot overlook anybody on the way. Definitely not. But what fans can do is enjoy the victory Saturday. I'm sure the students enjoyed storming the field. Um, I don't think the goalposts were taken down, which I know no. was was during the Georgia game. That was a big, a big what if. Um, but they can enjoy this victory. Look forward to next week. Um and yeah, with that, uh, we'll segue. We're gonna get some more takes. Oh no, 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 no! What? What? We what? We haven't what, even what, talked what? about Harrison yet. 
Well, I mean, I guess I mentioned it at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, we can give a whole segment devoted to Harrison. Listen, let's just give Harrison his props real quick. You know, I'll let you go first. I'll be short because you know what, Peyton? Go to the YouTube, everybody. I was on this wave. I have been on the thicker kicker wave for a long time. I have not given up on this man. I know he misses chip shots. I know Auburn was terrible, but my goodness, you know what? Kid from Warsaw, Indiana can kick Peyton. Put him in clutch moments. I think when and the other thing I saw is I, we had a text from a friend of ours. He might be the I'm steal I'm totally stealing his take by the way. Uh, of he might have the most dramatic moments as a kicker, good or bad, in college football history. I mean, just what he's gone through with Auburn, with Georgia, that halftime, that huge make. He had that game winner at Arkansas back in 2020. The kid can kick, and the kid can make some. I I want to say he's clutch, but I then I think about Auburn. So it, it really is. He's just he has a flair for the dramatic, whether that ends up good or bad. Um, I'm I'm happy for him. I love kickers, kicker guy, and you know he's a he's a good character. I've I've interviewed him once. He talked about his days playing soccer back in Indiana. Um, you know that's how he how he kind of got into kicking, and yeah, he's I mean, just what a what a guy, what a what a big day for him. I'm hoping it's it has kind of the Nathaniel Pete effect that I know Kenny talks about, where you know you process what happened at Auburn. Maybe he's processing a, a almost missed extra point, or he did miss an extra point. Um, and, you know, now you come back stronger. But he's the face of kicking in America for at least the next week, Peyton. And I'm I'm darn proud of him. I think that's I think that's that's really awesome. And, yeah, just just what a – and, yeah, yeah, I know you've got to, you know, We've really, maybe walk back maybe walk back a take. I don't know. Well, he, he had to be better <laughs> after the Auburn game. And, yeah. uh, I mean, we really have seen the highest of highs and the lowest of lows uh, with Mavis. And – to be honest, it's mostly been highs. I mean, he was an All-American uh, coming into the 2022 season. Um, there's very few times he's missed big kicks. Obviously, there's Auburn. I remember Florida in 2021. He missed a potential game winner there. But, I mean, he has just given you so many big moments. I mean, outside of even Arkansas, Georgia, today. I mean, you had the Boston College game where he – that was the best Drinkwitz has ever coached, by the way. Running that out route to get just a few yards closer for Mevis. Mevis bangs it home, and they go to overtime. I mean, Mevis really has been, when he's on, he is an absolute lethal weapon for any college program to have. Because having a good kick game in college, can it wins you games. I mean, oh, yeah. I said on Thursday... They have to make sure their special teams is reliable because there are going to be games Mizzou plays, probably a lot of them, where you're going to need an extra point or three or something like that. You have to rely on your kick game. Um, Harrison Mevis, I think he left no doubt. I think you have to be confident in him again. You know, just make your chip shots. You're really kind of sitting pretty. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's just got to work on the short game. He's got the driver. He just needs to work on the chipping. And the putting, I guess, with the extra points, if that's if that's how we're going with this analogy. I will, but I yeah. will also note they showed he was warming up. He was actually practicing. I oh that you, I'm glad you brought that up because I was like he's kicking into the net. Peyton's gonna be happy. He's warming up. He was. He, he stretched did not too. Do the thing like... where he, he wasn't doing anything <laughs> but standing there watching on Auburn. I it's mean, he, mental... he was ready. It's such a mental position because you just like, you know, everyone has their routines of things they do. Warming up should be a thing everyone does. I, yeah, I think I that's safe to say. Warming up should be a thing you all do. Um, yeah. What a game. What a, you know, I, I hope Mizzou fans are enjoying this week. 
Um, we're not done. We're going to talk. We're going to get a little bit more on the K-State kind of perspective as well as just, you know, what a what an observer for the team that Mizzou just defeated noticed that that was working for the Tigers. Um, we talked to Reggie Blackwell, former Kansas State DN. Um, so we'll segue. We'll do that interview and then kick it over to Quick Hits. So enjoy. Enjoy that portion. Enjoy this win, Mizzou fans. Okay, we now welcome on a very special guest um, here to give his take on the um, wild game that we all just uh, witnessed here on Saturday. Um, we brought on former Kansas State defensive end and host of the Believe in K-State podcast, Reggie Blackwell. Reggie, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we know, you know, we're, we're in the same company here on the on the Believe Network and um, you know, we're, we're taping this interview on Saturday, just pretty shortly after the game. You were, you were there, right? And, you know, hey, I know I, you, you got to take from the other side. <laughs> I was there on the sideline in the melee. Lucky I didn't get um, stormed with the, um, with the crowd rush there at the end, but oh, yeah. I made it through. I mean, you are a former DN, so I would hope, you know, if anyone, <laughs> if anyone tried, they probably, they probably would run into a. Yeah, a I was able to get maybe. a few of them off me. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> Shake the tackles. Well, yeah, Reggie, I mean, what what a game we just watched. I know, you know, you're watching from the from the K-State perspective and I, I do want to start there um and and so obviously, you know, we're the we're the Mizzou podcast and you know, this was not a game that me Peyton and our other co-host Kenny um were were coming anywhere close to predicting in favor of Missouri. They were able to pull it out. You know, what what kind of went what what did they do well to kind of limit what Kansas State is so good at? I know they can stop the run. They seem to do that you know, fairly successfully today with a couple of exceptions. But what did Mizzou do well to, to figure out a way to win this game? I think Mizzou came out and they was inspired with a lot of emotion, first and foremost. But they did do some things um, defensively to minimize our running game. We didn't – we like to have the run to set up the pass. Uh, and Mizzou did a good job of taking away some of the first and second down runs, limiting us to one or two yards – initially and not giving up a really big run big play so that was kudos to them their front seven did a good job of um kind of moving getting a lot of pressure and uh and when playing with some emotion really um in that second half there kind of looked like k-state was maybe gonna take over show they were the better team uh they took a seven point lead there but then things started to stall out on offense they weren't able to pick up i remember in particular a couple of third and shorts what was kind of what kind of stalled K-State out there? Was it maybe the play calling, just not being able to make enough plays? What kind of stalled them I, out I think, I think, guys, it was the play calling. Uh, I think we had finally began to get a little momentum on the run game, but I think we gave up on it at, the, at a time period when we were just beginning to show some success. As you can see, we brought in the young freshman, Avery Johnson, who did some quarterback run game situation for us. He was able to move the ball. And I think that opened up a little bit for um, Giddings and Tashawn Ward to make some progress. So it was a couple of key third and shots, third and two, one in particular, where we tried to throw a pass to Senate and that was broke up and it was short. I think we should have ran the ball. Yeah, more more of the the power game. Um, you know, you did have a lot of success through the air with Ben Sinnott. He was um he was dicing up. Is that is that just his game? He can kind of line up as like both a tight end. Like it looked like almost an auxiliary fullback at times. Um, you know, how did how did Mizzou, I guess, you know, he, he had a great game. Um, you know, and who else kind of in Kansas State's camp were you kind of impressed with? Because they did obviously hang around and, and gave Mizzou some trouble. And then, you know, how was how was Mizzou kind of able to limit them, you know, in addition to the D line, like you mentioned? 
Well, I think Senate had a great first half, but then Mizzou made some adjustments in the second half. Um, they start paying attention to him. Senate is a tight end, but he's a hybrid fullback, so he can do a lot of different things. Um, offensively, if you saw in the second half, and particularly those last couple drives, I think Howard was hurt. So I wasn't mm -hmm. thinking he was able to get his full uh, motion on some of the throws down the stretch. I think we should have went on and pulled him and just let the young freshman play the game out and see how it was. Let him just run the quarterback game because I think that would have gave us a better chance to win. I was going to mention that. I mean, Howard very obviously by the end was limping all over the field. Uh, and they didn't even let Johnson really throw the ball. If if they had gone to Johnson, would you have expected them to maybe let him try and air it out a little bit, or would it maybe have been just ground and pound the whole way? Or what do you, what do you, what would the game plan have been? Had no, I think they would have just let him run the offense. I think we're comfortable enough now. He does have the ability to run the ball, so we can do that quarterback run game, typically like what you guys do with Cook at Mizzou. I think we would have just let him run the offense. And if we would have just did that, let it play from a regular game perspective, I, I think he was comfortable enough with the environment that, that he still would have gave us a better shot to win. I just think Howard was hurt. He was pushing it to the max. Not saying that's the reason why we lost the game, but I think we the one series – we needed to score a touchdown. The last one we where we got the field goal to tie the game. And I think that really was the difference to put Mizzou in a position to be able to kick the long field goal. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to turn back on on, you know, Missouri, it seemed, you know, was kind of doing their their thing with the, you know, fake cadences and looking toward the sideline and snapping the ball quickly. You know, this right. is a good Kansas State defense, obviously. You know, did you notice that that really kind of having a uh, you know, kind of damage towards towards what they were trying to accomplish defensively. I know some of those guys still had pretty good games. Daniel Green had, had nine total tackles. Marcus Single was making some plays at corner. Um, but, did you know, was Mizzou, you know, kind of getting an advantage there with, with the way they were kind of looking at the sidelines, doing those cadences? I think they got a little bit of advantage with it. Um, what happened is a lot of times, though, when, the, when it starts when you substitute and then they do it, and the ref was trying to hold to let the other side be able to substitute. I think a lot of times that caused a little bit of confusion, and sometimes the ref was actually maybe getting away of the play. So that may have made it a little bit of disruptive. But I only think it really affected us one time where we really was offside. I think sure. we kind of adjusted to the, uh, to the schematics with the fake claps and all the other stuff that he was trying to yeah. do to get us offside. One thing uh, that Mizzou had struggled with coming into the game was getting explosive plays on offense, but they were able to kind of do that today, uh, particularly in the, in the first half. There were a couple back-to-back -back really deep uh, throws that set up um, the rushing touchdown on fourth and goal. What was kind of going wrong with K-State's defense? Was it maybe just some mis – it looked like there was miscommunication in the secondary a couple times. Um, but what was kind of going on with that? 100% miscommunication on the Luther Burton touchdown. Uh, he was just way too wide open. And then a couple of the uh, other big throws, one I think was to Mookie, um, number five. It was just a – I think it was a miscommunication again with the safety and the cornerback who was having a deep third, et cetera. 
um, because you don't get that wide open without something going wrong. And I think that was a credit to Missouri moving guys around a lot. You know, they, they'll motion Luther. They run them in different spots, put them in the slot, sometimes have them at the W, sometimes have them at the X, just to try to create him and put him in different matchups a lot of times so he can be matched up against a safety versus a cornerback. Yeah. Um, you know, what? one thing that, you know, for years in, in mine and Peyton's time being Mizzou fans that has absolutely, you know, killed them in big games is, is penalties, particularly on the offensive line. Both of those teams had that in big moments in crunch time today. Is, was that a kind of an unusual thing on the K-State side to have you know, kind of be hampered by a couple penalties late on? Yeah, our penalty situation was notorious, particularly when we had to score three touchdowns um, and the one possession before we could finally get it. Uh, and the one big penalty that really cost us was to delay a game one that where we had to kick the field goal. So very uncharacteristic of a K-State team. We shoot, we're usually are very disciplined. Um, we don't beat ourselves. And I think when you look back on this game, not saying Mizzou didn't play well. I want to give credit to Mizzou. They played spirited. They played with some fight. But we always say at Kansas State, if we play our game and, and if we're disciplined, things should take care of themselves. But they didn't do that today. So in, in turn, that helped Mizzou get the victory. And then, obviously, I know you said you were on the sideline there when Mavis made that 61-yard game winner. I mean, what was there? I got to know what the reaction kind of on the sidelines there was when that Let me tell you, in. it was an initial shock for me. I didn't think he had the leg to do it. Uh, obviously, they attempted him on the 54, and he just shanked it. Maybe he had the distance. But uh, it was just, just kind of surreal. It was like a movie. Um, before the ball just – seconds cross the goalposts the, the the students you can see them rushing and coming and it was just it was just euphoria it was crazy yeah yeah that's a that's a you know rushing the field obviously in the sec you get fined for that so that's never you know usually they don't encourage it but i think uh, mizzou's ad want, like told them um they could pay the pay fine it. um I, I do want to ask, turning back to Mizzou, you know, yourself as a former DN, you mentioned the the problems Mizzou was causing Kansas State on the front seven. They were getting to Howard a lot, doing it, doing a good job there. You know, as a, as a former DN yourself, who kind of really stood out from the from the Missouri side for you? You know, this is a defense that that's gotten a lot of um, praise heading into 2023. I'm wondering your take on on who impressed you today. I think they're just the overall front fours and whole. Uh, I don't think it was one individual that particularly stood out. I think they worked great as a front four as a unit. And then timely with the linebackers when they do blitz them and bring some pressure. I think they just worked great as a cohesive group, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then obviously this is an old Big 12, Big 8 rivalry, Mizzou, yeah. K-State. Um, I think you we could tell there was just a different energy at Faro today. Um, I'm curious, just what does it mean to kind of – see this rivalry kind of have as much emotion behind it as it did uh this year i mean last year k-state was sold out as well i mean and they wound up beating the crap out of mizzou but i'm just curious like what your reaction was to see that much energy behind this old rivalry. well it's, it's good it's good for the regional rivalries you know kansas kansas state missouri uh i think missouri should start back playing illinois i think kansas playing kansas state 
every few years is a good rivalry. And I think Kansas is going to renew the rivalry with Mizzou as well. I think those are just good for recruiting. I think it's great for the fan base, you know, because a lot of people live in similar geographics that cross over with the schools. So you could just feel the energy and the spirit. I mean, this actually felt like the season for Missouri. Now, I knew they won't admit that, but I do think Drink felt the pressure. He delivered because if he didn't win this game, I think a lot of people were going to start questioning his ability going into SEC play. Is he the right guy for the Missouri job as well? Oh, definitely. We we were, uh, you know, we declared this Missouri Super Bowl on our on our show when we previewed this game because we knew how big it was. And Drinkwitz obviously caused that field goal to be as far as it was with the, you know, spike and huddle up and then a delay a game issue at the end. So, um, you know, Missouri fans, I know, went from from fuming to pretty happy um, pretty quick. And you I, I believe I looked into this. um a little bit you you i think last year did you send a a video to the kansas state players um before that rivalry because do you you grew up in st louis right right because i'm a st louis guy no yeah. doubt i am yes I did. I did so you've you've had a bit of hand were you were you a mizzou fan growing up and then and then uh, obviously you went to mizzou, play and... i was a mizzou fan and and almost went to missouri missouri yeah. had offered me late uh after kansas state did i took it a little bit personally <laughs> and, uh, and 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 went to Kansas State, but my brother played at Mizzou. Grew up a St. Louis kid. A lot of friends of mine played at Mizzou. So yes, Mizzou is a big personal rivalry for me. Yeah, I was just curious because I I had saw that and I was like, oh, he's definitely got his his hand in this rivalry for sure in terms of a uh, in terms of interest. Um, my la- my last question, um, Peyton, you can ask too if you have anything more. But uh, you know, from for from a Kansas State perspective, you know, what's what's kind of next? You mentioned. You know, you're giving credit to Missouri, but, you know, it seems like the Wildcats maybe beat themselves a little bit in this one. They had that number 15 ranking, UCF next week. Um, you know, wh- where do they go from here? Is it is it, you know, the fans feel like a little bit worried maybe now, or is it, you know, going to bounce back quick next week and try and get back on track? Typically, climbing can get this team to bounce back. But I would tell you, man, uh, I can see how emotionally how I feel from losing this game. Imagine yeah. a player who expect to win, and we expect this to be a special season for Kansas State. We wasn't just looking to go eight and four, nine and three, or maybe get back to the Big 12 championship. We were looking to possibly have a perfect season, and that's the type of expectation this team had. So now they gotta. It can either go one or two ways. They gotta bounce back. All their goals still can be in front of them. They can win the Big 12. They can get back to the Big 12 championship, and they can possibly get back to a playoff position if some things bounce their way. So they still have all their goals in front of them. The season is early, but it's really, really going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. Now, I expect us to get back um, next week, but let me tell you, to win a heartbreaker like this, now we know it's on the road in a hostile environment, but it's really going to take a lot to get 18 to 23-year-olds back and say, look, we need to come back out and get on the stick. But I do think it's a veteran team. It's a veteran coaching staff. I think they know that they didn't coach their best game. The players didn't execute the best that they needed to be. So I expect them to bounce back and get a victory of UCF and then start 1-0 in the Big 12. Yeah. Um. 
the, oh, the only other thing I want to ask one last, last question um, is, you know, just going back to your playing days, I'm totally curious, just, you know, favorite moment, you know, as a player in the, in the old big 12 that you remember, maybe any, any against Mizzou back in those days, um, you know, getting the, they, they may have gotten the one over today, but you know, back when, back when those two were duking it out in conference. I think, you know, personally, I had a couple, my best games were against Mizzou. I had a couple of oh, yeah. games, um, couple games where I had multiple sacks, tackles for loss, block um, balls, batted balls, TFLs. So all the Mizzou games, the four years that I played them, were always a special game to me because I always got up. But I can't really say that there's no real, real, real big moment. I think back in my days, we went three and one against Mizzou. We lost one to my very first year, and then we we won three. So it wasn't a bad run. Yeah, definitely not. With the with the you know personal hand in the rivalry, I'm sure it's it's nice to get the the one up on them. Well, yeah, Reggie, I um you know I think that's that's all we got. I, I appreciate you coming coming on and uh and and giving us your take. And yeah, Kansas State. I mean, they're they're a good team. Missouri. This is the best performance I think Peyton and I safe to say we've seen from this Tigers team in, in about several years. years. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, it took it took a half heck of an effort to win. So, um, you know, yeah, we'll see. Best of luck to the to the Wildcats moving forward. And uh, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time and talking to us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good luck to you guys. Good luck on your show. Um, and I'll thank be you. pulling for you guys the rest of the way. I'm a Tigers fan just when they're not playing K State. So yeah, take, definitely. Take care, guys. <laughs> definitely. Thank, thanks, Reggie. Thanks. Okay, quick hits time. Kenny, jerseys of the weekend. Start us out. Jerseys of the weekend, starting off with on a serious note here. Um, this is a story I learned this past weekend. I'd never heard it before. Um, Overtime posted a video from the broadcast of a, a grown man in a full Miami uniform, jersey, pads, pants, and the full helmet and everything. Overtime kind of poked some fun at it. And then I heard the full story. I mean, there had to be a story behind this guy. I didn't know he was, he was a super fan or why he was doing this. Uh, but Brady Logan on Twitter, he's a morning anchor at KSEE24 in Fresno. Um, he said his name is Shelton Dothet. When his brother was in the hospital with pneumonia, he told Shelton it would be fun to dress in a full jersey and pads for a game when he got better. His brother died soon after, so he dressed in full pads in his brother's memory for every game. I looked this up, and there's like so many times he's done it. And he like he gets new helmets. He gets the new uniforms to match what the team is wearing. Pretty awesome tradition, and that's my jersey of the weekend. That is cool, yep. yeah. And a note, a note to you know, do your due diligence before you go out and and poke fun at at fans when you maybe don't know the the full story. True. A good one, Kenny. Good stuff. Yeah, well done, Kenny. Well done. Props. My to jersey of the week. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. Yeah, my jersey of the week. I gotta go with Luther Burden. I mean, goodness gracious, we got I. Yes, we talked about Mizzou for the first hour of this show, but we're going to go back to it just one more time before the SEC tier list. Um, Luther Burden, who, of course, I mean, just absolutely, if there was any doubt he was going to be the bona fide wide receiver one this year. He erased it yesterday. Um, he was fired up, you know, as a lot of athletes get after games. You know, he was talking trash to some K-State players as, as they were walking by. Um one of them in particular was Kobe Savage, a safety for K-State, who I Great guess name. was talking plenty during the game because Luther Burden went right up to him after the game and said, and I'm quoting him, excuse the language, 
I run this shit. Talk that shit now, bitch. And he was just throwing expletives everywhere, you know, just. And a lot of K-State fans today, I saw were tweeting this. They were like, he doesn't know how to win, clearly. Uh, and they were using this clip that makes Luther Burden look awesome and super <laughs> cool to prove that. Luther Burden is the best. He's the guy that really, I think, ignited hope that this Mizzou team could be, you know, getting the program back to prominence. Uh, and he absolutely deserved, he earned the right to kind of go berserk like that yesterday. Yeah, do, does it know how to win? Uh, look up where Luther Burden played his junior and senior seasons for high school football and then come back to me and tell me that he doesn't know how to win. I think East St. Louis is one of the most decorated football programs in the country. I mean, they, they've, they do a lot of winning there um, in Illinois. Um, I wasn't here for the recap, Peyton, but I don't know if you guys touched on it. I'm going to listen to it later. But um, did you like the helmets? Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't do a yeah, uniform review. On that because also, the only thing I, I, I quick before you do the, the uniform review, Peyton, if you want to talk about winning, in addition to high school, look at the scoreboard on Saturday and look mm-hmm. at the stats he put up. So if there's anyone that's earned the right to do that, it's him. Anyway. Yeah, Luther Burden is the man. Uh, but, um, yeah, uniform review real quick because they got to it on Friday. They didn't post it on Thursday like they normally do. Um, I really actually like the helmets. I like the helmets a lot. I thought that was I, – I almost would have preferred, I think, not to have the oval tiger filled in gold, but it still looked good. I think it would have maybe looked better if it wasn't, like, filled with complete gold and black, um, but it was pretty good. Um, the black did look good in the game. Um, I, I would have preferred if it was all gold unis or at least went with some gold pants with that. Um, I don't think it's my favorite uniform of the year, but it was a good uniform. They didn't go with the black M like they did when they got blown out by K-State last year and they came away with the victory. You do the math. Um, so yeah, overall solid uniform. Uh, hoping to get since it's a unique game this week, they go on the road to St. Louis. Hoping to maybe see some Tiger script or something. Just mix it up. I think this is the time for the Block M, the first one of the year. Really? The last game they played in St. Louis, they were wearing Block M's in the old gold with the old black. So I think if they can oh, whip out like something like with the old watch. gold, like the one they wore against Kansas State last year. I, did they fill it with the old the old gold? No, last year? it was white. white. I, for white. whatever reason, I always I was gold. And I was like, that actually did look good. That was... Yeah. The old gold black M's look good. So I think I think that would be fun to bring it back, especially for that game. And it counts as a home game for Mizzou, right? So I think they would be wearing yes. the dark color. Yeah. So if we if we see that, maybe they go the black helmets with the the old gold uh, block M. Yeah. No. The, when you actually bring that up, that's a great point. I think they should do that. Um, yeah. I I personally would love to see the old gold black M's make a return. I think those look great. Um, there's like three black M's that I think I look at and go, those are good. The old gold, the white, and the um, one-off armed forces bolt ones they wore were really good. The Those solid gold helmets with the black black M that they wore against uh, Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl, those don't do it for me. There you go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they what – they, uh, I feel like you got to go with something special playing over in – in St. Louis next week against Memphis. Yeah. Um, my jersey of the week. I'm not doing anybody specific uh, with this, but I'm going. I'm going to the NBA here. 
Uh, I'm doing the Orlando Magic, uh, who unveiled their 23-24 classic jersey. At least that's what they said uh, on their t- on like that's what they called it on their Twitter. And it's it's this throwback. It's got the stars in there, um, the A and Magic, and then the um, dot above the I and Magic are both stars. It looks like the jerseys they wore in the 90s. Um, I'm a big NBA fan, and the that 90s Magic team was Shaq and Penny. That was like my favorite all-time team. There's a really good 30 for 30 um, about that called This Magic Moment that still to this day is my favorite one. So I'm very excited to see them rock these. I think this is this is pretty cool. I like the the, the NBA the NBA jerseys. Like there's a lot of debate, I feel like, about them because some will do the like people get mad. Like, why are the Suns wearing like a teal or like, why is this team wearing something not at all their color? But I think overall, the NBA does a good job of their jerseys. And when they can bust out the retro ones like this, it's it's usually usually goes over pretty well. And I like these magic jerseys. Yeah, yeah no, these, these are awesome. Are yeah. yeah, I mean, it's another one of those. I think it was. Did you have it a couple weeks ago with the Seahawks '90s uniforms mm-hmm. that they're bringing back for two, one or two games this season? Uh, yeah. th- these are just beautiful. I wish we had grown up in a time where we could watch um, players play in these. But I feel like at the same time, you look back on it, people probably thought they were silly. I mean, that it happens all the time. Like we the look gimmicky. at the uniforms. We look at the uniforms now. We're kind of getting tired of some of them, and give it like twenty years, and our kids, you know, kids for, in twenty years. They'll be looking back like, oh, my gosh, these are awesome. Are like, clean, why yeah. why don't they wear these today? So it'll come back. But, of course, you know, you love these ones. And the black and, like, silverish white pinstripes that are on the sides just screams magic to me, especially, like, even, like, the late two- 2000s magic. The Howard really magic. Like, the Howard magic. Like, that's what magic is to me. And these look yeah. just – these are great. I just – yeah. I, they're they're going to they're gonna look so good going to the play-in tournament. In these prediction, also magic are magic are coming. They're they're on the rise. Yeah, we. Um, I have no reason to debate you on that. I mean, the, <laughs> I NBA is, the NBA is boring until the, the final. I, I've been saying, I've been saying, just wait till we the NBA starts, and I can do best beats of the week, random, uh, like rebound player props. That that's my that's my bread and butter, and and when Peyton and I can start betting on mid major basketball. Oh that's God, also I can't a, wait. I yeah, we're wait. I'm so excited. That's my favorite. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, no, something about blue throwbacks, man. I don't know what it is. They just they pull work. it off so well. Matt, the magic one, like you said, those Seahawks unis were perfect. I thought these are these, these are great. And yeah, yeah, I wouldn't change the face about them. All right, Ken, new segment. Remind right. remind the people. Uh, second week doing this. It's uh, Ken Sports Shorts. I have a sporkle trivia question. I'm going to have for the guys each week. They'll go back and forth. Uh, they have. They only can only get three X's, and if they don't know it, they can't phone a friend. They can't skip over. They just get an X. Um, last week, you guys almost got it uh, with the touchdowns scored for Mizzou in 2022. Um, but right BJ now, Harris. yeah, did not get BJ Harris. Was it BJ Harris? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Michael Cox. No, it was BJ Harris. Yeah. We guessed Michael. Um, yeah, yeah, and so I mean. We're going to look at it this week. Um, this one could get controversial because Peyton mentioned something about this topic a while ago, and he was actually wrong about it, so I'm not going to correct him. Um, but we'll see how this one goes. But can you name – we're going to start it off with Jack here. Uh, we're going to uh, – the question is, can you name the nine Mizzou players with at least one reception this season through week three? Uh, I'll start I'll start off with the guy that got his uh... – first career one right this uh was it Mar- is marquise johnson 
Correct. Marquise Johnson got his yeah. first reception. I, freshman. His first one. 46 yards. His dad played for Mizzou. There you go. Peter? Or um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. That, that wow. turns around. Uh, Peyton. 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 Dennis, yeah. Dennis Jackson. That's where the X is. Dennis Jackson actually does not have reception this season, according yes, to Mizzou. Yes, he caught one. Oh, Mizzou's wrong. Mizzou's Mizzou wrong. Ha- Mizzou they, has it as wrong. They credited it, is, it to Jaden Jernigan. It was Dennis Jackson. Dennis oh, Jackson is Jernigan, on right. here, but it says he does not have a catch. I think that's wrong, but I, I mean, I can't debate it. It's from the Mizzou site. So. I went. I checked it before we got on here as well on ESPN as it as he doesn't have reception this season as well. Who did they credit that to? I'm gonna look up who they credit it to. Okay. Okay. So we have um, one X. Is that what we're? Yeah, we one have X. one X. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Mookie Cooper. Correct. Okay. Peyton. Brett Norfleet. Correct. Oh, we're. Oh, Kenny. Um, you'll hear me say this when you re-listen to the first segment. We are a Brett Norfleet podcast. See, it's incorrect because it still has it as Jaden Jernigan coming up with a catch. <laughs> All right, so, I'll take away the X, and we'll change it to the 10 Mizzou players. Yeah, I think okay. that people are getting whoopsied. Whoopsies. Um, yeah, Kenny, we're a Brett Norfleet podcast, by the way. We are, we are in on the ground floor with the guy. He's going to be great. Um, Theo Wees. It's Peyton's turn. Oh, sorry. Didn't I just get Norfleet? Oh, you went Mookie yeah. Cooper. Um, I thought it was okay. And then... Did you go Norfleet after? I thought it was Cooper then Norfleet. Oh. Okay, then Jack took <laughs> the always. So Peyton, go ahead. Get the always. Okay. Um Nate Pete. Correct. Cody Schrader. Correct. Okay. I couldn't remember if he did or not. Oh yeah, that no, he did guess. right away last week. Um Tyler Stevens has one. Correct. He has three. Yep. Luther Burden. Correct. Um there's one more. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's all on you, Peyton. Mackay Miller. Cool. There you go. Guys uh, got it. Mm-hmm. There it is. Interesting that Mizzou doesn't fix that one. Um, Jaden Jernigan. They just I think they knew Jaden Jernigan was wrong, and they yeah. just cut that out, but then they didn't go back and look at who actually caught it. And it was Dennis Jackson. I remember. It's so weird that they put the zero, though, because Dennis Jackson was 11, and I don't get how you could get that wrong. I, I don't know I either. I think it's but Josh Manning. I, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I, I but think you guys it, are... I absolutely remember. It was Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It was I know what you're talking about, yeah. I, remember. I think you guys are just dissing noted wide receiver Jaden Jernigan. Yeah, Mr... How how big is Jaden Jernigan? He's on the D line. He's got to weigh like. <laughs> yeah. A Here lot. Question. I'm gonna look it up big real guy. quick. All right. Um, uh, if has it. Would he uh, maybe six have... foot two seventy nine? Yep, they just got yeah, him wide, out wide. Wide, wide receiver, big. Yeah, wide receiver build. He dusts corners. Four two forty. Okay. Uh, right. Best, best piece of the week. Uh, Jack, you are fourteen and fourteen after a win this past. Oh, week. we're back. I am 16 and 12, and Peyton is 15 and 13. Um, we're going to start it off with some college football this weekend. Uh, Army versus Syracuse. Syracuse, 3 and 0 so far. They beat Purdue this past week in uh, Indiana. Back. So back. back. So back. Dino Babers. Dino Babers, cold seat. Uh, 13 <laughs> cold and a half. Seat. Syracuse uh, favorites. I got them over Army. Nice. You yeah, know, ex- extend Dino 100% with you there. Um, 
my my beat of the week. We're gonna stick in uh stick in the college football world. Um, I'm going with the two remaining members of the Pac-12, Oregon State and Washington State. I'm gonna take the over here, 56 points. Things get weird in the Palouse, um, and that's where Oregon State is heading. Two ranked teams. This should be a fun game, actually. I probably will tune into this, but um, yeah, I, I like both of these teams. I think. It's a it's a clash of styles a bit because Oregon State's more defensive minded, but both well, these teams can get twenty eight to twenty eight. Uh, I I have witnessed firsthand um things getting weird at Washington State this season, so I back I back this bet. Um, my best beat of the week. I'm going to soccer. Bayer Leverkusen almost took its first loss in the Bundesliga, um, but. You know, we got they got saved by VAR. Kenny and I were watching, played Bayern Munich, big game, um, pulled out a draw. So, congrats to the boys. And they are uh, they're at home and they're starting their European competition uh, this week. So they're in the Europa League, um, and they are playing FC Hocken, who I believe are a team from Finland. And I am taking Bayer Leverkusen minus one hundred six to win, start their Europa League campaign. Uh, for those who are following Bayer Leverkusen with us but don't know the Europa League, it, the whole deal, group stage. You play uh, the other three teams at home and on the road, and then the top two teams in the group will advance to the knockout stage where I believe it goes round of 32, 16, and so on. So that's the little format for you. But go Bayer against Hocken. So I'm going to say one thing about the game last week. Uh, Zico Palacios scored that tying goal, and I almost texted Jack um, a couple minutes before that because he, he tripped and, I mean, he really sold – uh, foul. He flopped. he flopped and I he pulled a Luther burden that. against Kent like, State. I mean, he's kind of being a baby about it, but uh, he ended up scoring. So I, I take it back. You know, Palacios, great goal. Way to keep us ahead in the table. You're going to have to you're going to have to get used to people being babies about stuff in this sport, Kenny. I'm just there was just another word I wanted know. to say, but I didn't know if I could say it. So. <laughs> Peyton, may, Peyton may have said it in his quote. Mm hmm. Maybe. Um, OK, so records for week two of NFL picks were all tied at five, two and one. Uh, great backdoor cover by the Rams with with the spread being oh, saved. Thank you, McVay. Ah, thank right. you, McVay. Titus all at five, two, and one through week two. I Recording right that. now during the Miami New England game, and Miami's up 10 3. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's the latest on betting from us. First um, goal at the like four yard line right now when we're recording. Throw a ball to Tyreek Hill so I can have some fantasy points, Mr. McVay. I can't believe the Rams backdoor covered that. I like didn't I didn't realize and I saw them. What they make they made a field goal at the end, right? They made a field goal as time mm-hmm. expired to cut the deficit to seven. Yeah. And then because that pushes, so I yeah, it's ridiculous. Would have had points if it was I'm the mad. original line of eight we bet on, but I'm mad. It, it is what it is. Dirty bird. Dirty birds of the weekend. Uh, going to college football here. Jay Norvell, um, Iowa grad, played football there in the 80s. Um, he might be the first neutered head coach in college football. <laughs> I mean, he had no balls against Colorado late into that game. It was actually really sad. Um, he had an opportunity to win that game, opportunities to seal it. That would have been the biggest win in Colorado State history, hands down, after the things he said this week about Deion Sanders, sunglasses and the hats. Um, overall, you know, I mean, kind of silly by Colorado to storm the field after, but you do what you do, especially when you're new to college football and new to rooting for a football team like those fans are. So, um, Jay Norvell, man, you, you had an opportunity to be 
the biggest villain, the biggest cool guy in college football this past week, and you ruined it. Yeah, no, it's so sad to see what Jay Norvell's kind of become at Colorado State. He was a great head coach at Nevada. He really kept that program uh, in a good spot for a mid-major, uh, group five school. Um, but, God, I don't know how you don't go for it on fourth and two there late in the game with about a minute left. I don't know how you don't go for two when you – oh, man, it was really gross. I mean, Colorado State was the better team for most of that game. I mean, I hate to say, like, the cliche. It just kind of looked like Colorado rolled in there and just kind of expected to win and didn't expect much of a fight. But Jay Norvell, I mean, they were ready to play the villain role. I mean, they were hitting Colorado like crazy hard in a lot of instances late. Ten personal fouls were called on Colorado State in this game, and they still very easily could have won this game, but Jay Norvell, I don't know why he kept trying to go shot for shot there, man, but it's it cost you what would have been the biggest win of your career. The only uh, the only note I have on this game is the on the Shiloh Sanders pick six. I just like the commentator. Who is that commentator? I always forget his name, but he has some. He has the funny. He has a lot Mark of funny Jones. lines. I think it was Mark Jones. Yeah, and he had the. the what, go ahead. What? Oh, people! People aren't a big fan of his work. People were not a big fan of that. <laughs> oh, game if, last night. Oh, really? I didn't hear. What? I didn't really hear much else. But it was the. It was the stunting on him like or stunting on him like his daddy or whatever <laughs> when he ran into the end zone because <laughs> he shoes showboating. I just thought it was funny, but fair enough. Um, all right, Peyton. Dirty bird of the week uh, goes to the Cardinals, not the Arizona, although they also shout out to them. <laughs> yeah. A no, no, they own a dirty bird. Lead. That's that's a main bird move. They were trying to tank. They tried to. Uh, they they fair, need to lose that enough. game. But, yeah, my dirty bird is going to be the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Katie, This uh, tweet comes from Katie Wu. Uh, they were covering a press conference with John Mosellock, their GM. Uh, John Mosellock ensured that Ollie Marmel will be back in 2024. He said, I do support him. I know he'll be back uh, next year. I think the job he does is good. Thank you, John Mosellock. Uh, hand Ollie Marmel an extension while you're at it, in my, my opinion. But, um, yeah, Ollie Marmel who oversaw the most chaotic and really just bad year uh, I have ever, I can really remember for the St. Louis Cardinals. He'll be back. Yeah. Thank you for coming back and helping Peyton and I's teams do better in the division, I guess. Good Cardinals. Cardinals suck uh, segment too. Mm-hmm. Um, my dirty bird of the week, not, not like necessarily a dirty bird. He didn't really do anything wrong here, but his last name is Eagle. I'm going for Ian Eagle. Of course, the NFL commentator, um, for what he said today, um, he was doing the chiefs Jaguars game. Of course, Travis Kelsey's back this week and he's been in the news supposedly been seeing maybe dating Taylor Swift. We, uh, that's, that's been a big, uh, a big storyline. So Ian Eagle kind of took advantage of that when he scored a touchdown. Um, he said, Travis Kelsey found a blank space. I assume he meant a blank space in the defense, but of course, just like Kenny's favorite song, Blank Space by T Swizzle. Um, I thought that was funny. And I don't know. I do do you guys have any? Do you do you think this these rumors are true? Would you listen to an album about Travis Kelsey? Uh no. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> um, but I do buy the rumors one hundred percent. And that's where I where I'd write your name. All right. Moving on. Oh, good one. Uh, best thing you learned, Peyton. 
best thing I learned this week. We'll switch to a little NBA. We haven't talked about it in a while. Uh, this uh, from tweet my jersey comes the week. from official small top blah, small market sympathizer O Town NBA. Um, it is a compilation of every single player that has ever invoked a Mike Breen bang call. Mike bang! Green, the world famous commentator, the greatest to ever do it for the NBA. Um, his iconic bang has been doled out unsurprisingly the most to Steph Curry. He's gone bang on Steph Curry calls 41 times. Um, also, it, it, he included every single one, and there are some golden names in here. I mean, shout out whatever team got banged, uh, I guess is the best <laughs> way to put it, by Alan Crabb, uh, Shake Chetty Milton, Osman, uh, Davis Bertans, Rodney Dario Hood, Sparage, Hito Turgaloo, um, pretty good names in here. Uh, Swaggy P has oh, a bang. Nick Young. PJ, yeah. PJ Tucker. Yeah, somebody oh, yeah, got banged by shot. Wesley Matthews. So that's really great. Hey. Uh, Kirk Heinrich only with one. Kyle Kirk Corver only with one. That's a little surprising. Mario Chalmers only with one. Grant Williams has one. That's ever. disgusting. Ugh. So. Yeah, Eco Turgaloo and Kyle Korver has as me- have as many big shots in NBA, uh, I guess, ever. Shout out Danny Green for having eight. Also, mm-hmm. he's clutch. Very Someone clutch. in the on this podcast tried to tell me Austin Rivers was a better player all time than uh, than uh, Danny Green, but that's neither here like, nor there. I would like to make note that that was not that someone was not me. Yeah, I know it wasn't you. It's not true. It is true. Not even certainly not true. I totally forgot I said that, but it is true. Yeah, that was the most ridiculous argument I've ever had. O Town NBA hit a comment that said "no Suggs," and then uh, a video of Josh Allen dancing before he lost a playoff game to the Texans. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Another. another <laughs> that the, other, awesome. the other cool part about the Mike Breen thing uh, is the guy is like, if you reply with one of the names, he uh, po- sends the video of all the times that they mm-hmm. um, that they did it. So I, I saw one for Pat. One. I saw one for Pat Connaughton, and I got very excited because it was during the Bucks championship run, and he had like he had a couple big threes. But yeah, this is this is very cool, and Mike Breen's a legend. All right, Kenny. Best thing I learned, um, you sent us this, Jack. It's a Mizzou song. It's currently unreleased by Roman Alexander, and it's a it's called Missouri on My Mind. Um, pretty not, interesting song. Not murder on my mind, not to be not confused. murder on my mind or mind on my murder. It's Missouri on my mind, <laughs> and I mean it sounds like every other country song I've ever heard. It's really slow paced, and um, it's it, I, there's a song called Next Thing You Know. It's a country song. Came out like this past year. Sounds just like it. Um, you know, props to this guy for chasing his dream. But I mean, it looks like he listened to a song and then just changed the lyrics to Mizzou. Yeah, I, I, I did like when I heard the lyrics. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun because it, you know, it's, it, it's like accurate to a Mizzou game day somewhat. But you're, I mean, you're right. The overall song is has the sound of a, yeah, any other any other country song. Not that I'm a country savant, but me neither. Peyton loved it. Peyton loved it. Yeah, no, I really did. <laughs> <laughs> um, my best thing I learned this week. Uh, so recording this on Sunday uh, during the Sunday night game, um, which means we've had we've had most of the week two results. Um, 
My best thing I learned this week relates to quarterbacks from the University of the Ohio State. I didn't say that right at all, and I don't care because those quarterbacks suck. They have sucked in 2023 so far. Ohio State QBs are now 0-6 this season. That, of course, is uh, two of these quarterbacks are uh, the QBs of the teams of two of the members of this podcast, Kenny and Peyton. Um, CJ Stroud, Justin Fields, and then the, and the, the other one, is course, not an Ohio State a, a Ohio State legend, Joe Burrow. Thank you, Peyton, um, who is a, might be number one on the fraud rankings. I don't want to spoil or put thoughts in Kenny's head. That is his segment, but he's been awful. Ohio State quarterbacks are 0-6 to start the season. Curse. Yep. What's going on? You guys have to speak for your quarterbacks. What's going on? Kenny, I can I understand. His team sucks. I mean, he's been good. I don't know. Like, it's not his fault the Texans lost. Yeah. yeah, CJ Stroud's been pretty good. All right, I, mean, all right. I have not watched a few less sacks, but I have not watched a minute of the Texans this year. I can't lie. Yeah, no, I don't have much fine. to say about that. Yeah, Peyton loves Justin Fields, but they've been struggling. Um, okay. All right, we have a ratio. Ratio of the week submitted by a friend of the show, Justin Bear. Um, this is a article from the New York Post, Baywatch star Yasmin Bleeth. 55 is unrecognizable 25 years after slipping into famous red swimsuit. My goodness, there's a lot of replies. Um, 1,200 or 1,245 replies, 232 <laughs> quote tweets, and um, I guess retweets because you can't really tell on this uh, web app. And then 239 likes, 5.2 million views. The top reply, I'm gonna read it just because I think it's oh. pretty funny. It's a photo of the reporter. Uh, Samantha Ibrahim oh. Oh, and no. said the reporter and the next person who's a I think a uh, Colorado fan Colorado Buffaloes the picture of Shrek so oh, unfortunate boy. I mean she's the one dragging this uh, this poor woman who is mm. just star at Baywatch but ugh. I have another top uh, reply that I like around. That. Yeah, this that's not not a, this, just toxic. I have a top reply that just says, "Wait, people age?" question mark question mark question mark, and that has a lot of lot that has a lot of likes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why are you calling someone out for aging? Do better. This is bad for Big J journalism out there. Come on now. Thank you, New York Post, for all you do. No, Dis- disappointing, disappointing. All right, uh, with that, we'll segue. Good quick hits. Um, we're gonna finish. So we have some more Mizzou news actually uh, to talk about before we do the SEC tier list. But then we'll finish with our week three college football week three SEC tier list um, to close things out. So stay tuned. Okay, we're gonna uh, finish the show with the week three SEC tier list. But first, uh, we have to go back and talk a little um, Mizzou football because in addition to stealing away a win from Kansas State. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz then stole away a commit from the state of Kansas. Uh, Julian Marks, uh, four-star defensive end, 2025. Peyton and Kenny. Peyton, I'll go to you first because you're the crystal ball. You are the crystal ball expert. Yeah. Uh, what do you know? What do you know about uh, Mr. Marks? And then you guys both. I mean, there was there's a bunch of recruits at this game to watch this win. Am I right? There were. And uh, Julian Marks, I mean, he is the first commit for the 2025 class uh drink got to flash his snazzy new video uh oh yeah new new bat saint thomas aquinas out in overland park so basically he beat k-state and then stole a recruit they wanted probably um i haven't i do know he has a few big time offers one of them was bama um but he i mean very early commitment uh you'd have to think at least partially the result 
of the Mizzou K State game played a factor. Maybe he saw how hype Mizzou was and was like, that's the environment I want to be in. But yeah, so drink. Very good start to his 2025. Always good to get a four-star in the bag, um, especially this early. A quote here from PowerMizzou.com. Mark said, it almost feels like family. On his recent visit to Columbia, Al Davis talked about how I would fit into their system, and with my size, athleticism, and speed, I could play everything. Six foot eight, 275-pound junior in high school. He ranks wow. number one in the state, according to rivals. Um, 16th at his position nationally. Six um, eight. Great- yeah, he's six foot eight, Jeez, and a basketball. Coach. You know, I've, I've I've known about Juju for a little while. Uh, when I was on the beat last year, I talked to him briefly when he was coming to visit. Just getting his um, feet wet on the recruiting front, and uh, good pickup here um, for the Tigers. And it looks like they're building a pipeline to St. Thomas Aquinas. You know, it's a very good um, football uh, school there. Uh, I know there's another St. Thomas in Florida. Mizzou's getting a lot from, but. Um, there's, you know, a lot of, if you can dip your feet into Overland park, into that Kansas area, um, you can get a, got a lot of good athletes out of there, just like you're doing in St. Louis. The number one recruit in uh, Kansas coming to Missouri. That's gotta be fun. But, um, yeah, also, I mean, he's already in the rivals 250. I mean, that's just, and like Kenny said, I mean, I, I went to high school in Kansas city, so I do know like some of the programs in Kansas that are good. This is like St. Thomas Aquinas is maybe the top one there. Uh, I know Derby, which is out like in the Topeka, Wichita area, is also way up there, but definitely one of the bigger programs in the state. There you go. And then and then who were the guys that were um, also at this game? We had some commits and some um, recruiting visitors watching a, a pretty wild win on Saturday. There were a few commits. I mean, you had James Madison is the big one. Everybody loves James Madison. He was, he had that video (laughs) of Drinkwitz dancing on his Instagram story too. Um, You had Nicholas Rodriguez, the linebacker who uh, he, he got onto the field. He stormed the field, um, posted from there. You had Justin Bodford, Brian Huff, Brian Justice. So five commits were there um, in addition to several other recruits. But um, yeah, that's quite the game they got to get to. And shout out Wendell Shepard. He's been on the show before, Columbia, Missouri. And he found this full list here, and that's where we're getting the names from. Of course, you can look it up on their social media as well. But Wendell went all in. He found a big list of guys. Uh, This is from what he saw, too. So he recognized a lot of these guys. He's doing a lot on the recruiting front on top of just covering the actual team. So shout out Wendell. Yeah, go check out go check out all this stuff. Go look at that tweet for all the all the list of names. Um, but yeah, some big ones in terms of the future of Mizzou and stealing a recruit from the state of Kansas after you beat Kansas State. Kenny, before we do the SC tier list, do you want do you want to give your any of your takes? I know you know you couldn't hop on for the recap, but just like you know, it was such a wild game. I feel like I you got to get the get the floor for a little bit to you know just say say what your your thoughts are when you were watching it. Yeah, I mean everything that we brought up mainly on that uh, preview came true. I mean, we were, t- we were wanting explosive plays. We wanted turnovers. We talked about how Chris Abrams drain didn't have an interception yet. He gets an interception, explosive plays down the field, that first touchdown. I mean, Brady Cook looked awesome. I mean, the whole offense was clicking. We talked about, we weren't really seeing Mookie Cooper used as an actual wide receiver the last couple of years. He had a big game as well. Uh, everything clicked and I'll, take my victory lap as well saying that that game was going to be close and they ended up winning it. So, you know, <laughs> shout out Mizzou, uh, big one there for the tigers. Um, I love the coping. That's one of my favorite things from these Kansas state fans, you know, Mizzou fans, if they've if the roles were, were reversed 
uh, Mizzou, you know, people would keep coping in the same way, but calling it the Super Bowl, saying Mizzou isn't classy for doing it, keep going. You know, I mean, you're, you lost. I, that, at the end of the day, Mizzou has the win and you have the, the one in the loss column. So um, great weekend to be a Tiger. They were the way- same, those were the same accounts also that would be coping that would yeah. totally have been bringing up 40 to 12 last year, time in and time out. So mm-hmm. yeah, it feels That's very a- good. That's a way to renew a rivalry. The commentators talked about for the whole game, wanting them to do this this game more and more, even though these teams are in two different conferences. So now Kansas State's mad. They're gonna want, you know, they're gonna want vengeance. A rubber match. It's one. It's one to one in the series. When we were at the uh, the draft in April, uh, Felix got drafted by the Chiefs as the last pick. Yeah. I was going crazy in front of us, drunk K State fan, high five, and us hit him with an miz, and he flipped us off. I bet that guy feels pretty bad this weekend. I hope, <laughs> I hope his Saturday sucks. Wow, you kept the receipts. I forgot about that. I remember that. that. You guys remember yeah. that? Oh, on the I remember. I, yeah. he now that mad. you bring it up, I can picture it perfectly, but I totally had forgotten about that. Yeah, he was He was mad. Mm-hmm. Shout out that draft. That was fun. I got, I got a couple angry looks because I wore a Joe Burrow uh, t-shirt to it, and Go I don't ahead. think I'll wear that in public anymore, given what he's been doing in the league. Terrible. Just, I looked ahead just because to the 2024 schedule, just because you mentioned that it's one, one Mizzou does not have K state on the, on the schedule here, which I figured, but you know who they do have, you know, what old rivalry is being resurrected guys. Is it, is it KU? No, KU's not 25. KU. Is it Illinois? 25. No, it's not Illinois, but that is coming back in like 28. They have got the Boston college Eagles coming oh. back to town. Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh no. yes, Boston College. Fly Eagles, fly. Almost took down Florida State this weekend. Do your bird call. Oh, oh, and in just the most miserable out of conference game I've ever seen. It was terrible. Being resurrected. It was terrible. Thank you, God. I'm so excited to watch them play Boston College again. We really need to play Boston College. Yeah, that was that was get tough. out of hey, it, DRF. You... You brought that game up when we were talking about Mevis because he made the field goal to send to overtime. And then what happened? We don't have yeah. to. We don't oh have to get God. into it. All right. We'll do Let's do the SEC tier list. Um, it was an interesting week three in the SEC. Obviously, Mizzou um, kind of, I guess, officially in the rankings got usurped for the biggest upset by Florida beating Tennessee. But we'll start at the top, the tier that has remained unchanged because this team is uh, um, still thriving. Georgia, the Georgia tier remains the Georgia Bulldogs beating South Carolina 24 to 14 closer game though than we uh than maybe we might have expected and then South Carolina we have a new tier that we're starting not for them but it's going to be four teams opponents of Georgia going forward but what are your thoughts yeah, on the dogs it was 14 to 3 half uh South Carolina and then Georgia I mean it was not it was 21 to nothing second half margin it should have been worse than that I mean they they South Carolina did not belong in that second half. I mean, their offense was so out of sync. Their South Carolina's O-line is just a disaster. Uh, and that's a good sign if you're Mizzou, um, but not a great sign for Mizzou that Georgia looked that good in the second half. Carson Beck especially. <laughs> it's my Martez manual impression if you want to go on YouTube and watch me do it. It's the, the um, sandstorm. There you go. Yeah, so Georgia, Georgia's staying up there. And then South Carolina, I guess we, we could just do this tier now. 
um, and we'll get to where it's placed in the list. But uh, we're going to make a tier for opponents of Georgia, I'd say, until they lose. Um, I'm going to call it the on to Cincinnati tier, of course, from um, the clip from New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick after a loss. Every question someone asked him, he just said, on to Cincinnati. I think that's how teams should look at it when they play Georgia. You know, you go in there, get get stomped out by the Bulldogs. It's on to Cincinnati. It's on to your next game. You bounce back next week. But you you shake, you shake bury the tape, get rid of this game, you know, just scratch it off your memory. So that's the tier until Georgia loses. And South Carolina's in that tier this week. Because they did put up a fight, like Peyton said. They did. Shout out to Shane Beamer for not blaming Kane Gang. Yeah. This time. yeah. They weren't getting a hot dog this game. Um, Next tier. We're calling this the so good they got fined here. And yeah, we're patting ourselves on the back a little bit. We're putting the Missouri Tigers in the tier right below Georgia. I mean, we've talked about it. You've now listened to an hour of me and Peyton talking about it before this game. That was freaking awesome. And they stormed the field. They got fined. Uh, Desiree Reed Francois, the GOAT athletic director, is going to pay for it. They'll be back in dog water when they lose to Memphis. So don't worry. There you go. Are you guys jealous? I was pretty jealous. Yes. I was very I was jealous. So oh, I was jealous. really jealous. Very, even though, jealous. even though I wasn't a fan last year and I wouldn't even have been a part of it, I mean, I was, I was like feeling like you guys were probably like on cloud nine during that Georgia game until the end, and mm-hmm. probably like the same feeling. But this time, you actually had the climax. So, I would have blacked yeah. out in a in excitement. Yeah, this that it was it was awesome. It was so cool to see the sea of yellow. All the videos, the Luther Burden video we talked about was great. Um, yeah, so yeah, so good they got fined. Mizzou. Next, winner tier, three teams, Old Miss, LSU, and Florida. We should start there. The Gators upsetting uh, the number 11-ranked Vols in Death Valley. Graham Mertz, we don't owe him an apology. He's still bad. We'll get to him later. Um, but the Gators the Gators got it done, boys. And uh, LSU took definitely took care of business against Mississippi State. Old Miss, who did they beat? I don't remember. Wake Forest, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech, Georgia Tech, yep. 48-23. You guys can't talk about this. No, 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 no. I said Florida was back last week. I said they oh, should yeah. be in the we're back category. You guys said no. I knew that they we were bouncing Nick back. Nice. Dan Mullen said on the ESPN broadcast before the game started, he was taking Dan Tennessee. Mullen. But he said when he when he was the head coach of Florida and Mississippi State, he was 7-0 and combined with those two as the head coach of those two teams. But he went with Tennessee. Tennessee can't win in the swamp, swamp foot. Florida is the winners and they were back and I'm going to, I'm going to sit on my throne right now. I'm sitting on my throne. I'm sitting above you guys right now. If you go on the YouTube, you can see it. And way to be cropped on right. the frame, dude. I was right. That's all I got to say. I was right. Kenny spells throne T H R O W N by the way. Um, that's but a, that's moving, the way you spell it. That's the way you spell not, it. Not in the context <laughs> you're using it, but that's one of the ways you spell it. Nope. Uh, Wrong. not in this instance. Um, but no, Kenny was right. I guess it, ticked me off a little because one Graham Mertz did nothing this game I mean they were so scared to let him throw the ball in the second half when they had a big lead they literally were letting Trevor Etienne eat Tennessee alive and Tennessee I mean they started to come back late Joe Milton is a problem man he is not and not in a good way I mean he throws the ball like he needs to throw it a thousand miles per hour every single play um but he can throw it out of the stadium Peyton no sense of accuracy. I've never it, – it looks messy right now for Tennessee. Um, and I don't know how they can really fix it. I mean, this was the worst – third third least amount of points uh, for our, for Tennessee in the Heifel era. Um, this is his third year, obviously. So, 
Mizzou should should not. I, I can't say Mizzou will be able to just roll Florida like I was expecting anymore. Um, I still don't think Florida's all that, though. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Two no, things here. Max was pretty high on Florida, and we were not. Like, we were not at all. We That's thought true. they would be the bottom of the East, but he was pretty high on them. Um, second thing, you guys, I went to Gainesville last year. I know I talk a lot about Auburn. If you get, you know, behind the traffic that's in Gainesville in that small town, it's, it blows. Like, that is one of the worst things <laughs> is the traffic in Gainesville. If you get past that, you guys need to go to that stadium once in your life just to see the Tom Petty when they, when they sing this, the song. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's one of the best atmospheres in college football, especially I didn't go at night, but watching it at night, I got, I got chills watching it. it kind of took me back. It's a great atmosphere. I don't right. doubt that. I've heard nothing but yeah. great things about the swamp, uh, yeah. but I don't like Florida. So I hope they lose. Fair. Um, and then LSU beat the snot out of Mississippi State. Oh, I forgot to add this. I'm putting Malik Neighbors, LSU's wide receiver, in the Georgia tier because he had like 231 receiving yards and like three touchdowns. So, yeah, yeah he's insane. And then Ole Miss did their thing. Um, Haynes King's the quarterback for Georgia Tech. I did not know that. Is he, know he's that. the Texas – he's the A&M guy, right? Former A&M Giggum. guy? Giggum. I, Giggum. I, I, found, I found that out um, a couple weeks ago when they were playing somebody, but – Ole Miss has looked like the most maybe consistent team uh, in the SEC. Blew out Mercer, uh, got it done against a good Tulane team, and beat down a it, – it's a better than people, I think, expect Georgia Tech team. They've been solid this year, and they've just played tough opponents. Um, but Ole Miss looks good. LSU, I mean, there was a fair amount of buzz that Mississippi State can maybe knock them off this week, but I think – Mississippi State is kind of in a transition year, um, and I would not expect them to make a lot of noise. LSU, I still think, can win the West pretty easily. Uh, next, played Cupcake. We still have that tier because there's still teams uh, kind of doing that. We have uh, Kentucky, Auburn, and AM. Auburn beat Samford 45-13. Kentucky beat Akron 35-3. And AM beat UL Monroe uh, a good UL Monroe team, apparently, according to the guy who was doing the Mizzou game. He, he mentioned that like a couple times when they were doing the like preview of the games that day. Um, but yeah, they beat them 47-3. So not much. Yeah, I mean, anything. I'm still underwhelmed by tenant, by Kentucky's uh, offense. That was a team I thought the world of going into the year. I thought they were going to be a problem. Through three games, I have not been impressed for one minute. I saw Devin Leary score that like crazy touchdown where he like got out of the pressure and then the running back did ran every which way and found. Yeah. And that was the, the end for Akron. Akron was hanging pretty tough with them for a lot of it. Um, I did watch a good amount of that game just because I had it on like the four screens that you could do on YouTube TV. Um, And after that, Kentucky just kind of that broke Akron's spirit, but I'm still, I guess you can say I'm Leary of Kentucky. Who was the play um, where Leary threw – it might have been like third and nine, almost like a bubble screen. He changed directions like twice. Leary was getting chased down. He threw the ball to him, and the guy turned it into – The ball he was being tackled? That's what I said. That was the play? Okay, I didn't know if that was a different play or not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, that was the play he was talking about. I'll give it to you. You All all Kenny hears when I talk is just – Cheese, 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 beer, Wisconsin. That's all I hear. Uh-huh. 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 Next year. Hey, Wisconsin. Wisconsin won. 
We may have been losing to Georgia Southern in the third quarter, but they came, they came back and finished that game off. Um, below cake, like I said, it's the on to Cincinnati tier. We put South Carolina in that. You know what? Applause to South Carolina. Good job. Kept up a fight. Didn't blame the refs. Um, they, they, you know, they worked hard against Georgia. Loser. Only loser we have this week. We have teams below loser, but uh, we put old. We put a Mississippi State. They got battered. Uh, Not even LSU. close. Yeah. Battered. There's no shame in losing to LSU, but like that, no. there is. Yeah. Absolutely battered. Um, below them, we have the Swamp Foot tier. Um, Tennessee embarrassed in the swamp. Uh, Peyton brought or Kenny brought up the Dan Mullen record. He's sitting on his high horse. The Vols in trouble. Them and Alabama, who we'll get to, both having some. Some QB problems, it seems like. Um, so we put the Vols there. Below Swampfoot, we have uh, the Ultimate Frisbee Player tier. That is where me and Peyton will be placing Graham Mertz for this week because he's going to be an Ultimate Frisbee player. Um, he's still bad. I don't care uh, I mean, how much Florida won by. He's still bad. You had to watch how Florida just managed the game with Mertz in the second half. I mean, they were terrified to let him throw. He threw for 166 yards, okay? That's kind of why... Trevor Etienne was great. The run game was great. Their defense was great. Um, although Milton did a lot to make sure that defense looked great. Um, I, I, I still don't think Mertz is a player you can win more than seven games with. I'm not going to argue with it. I've seen I've seen it for years. He's going to come into Columbia and put up a, a 50-burger. So oh, it's going to be throw up that'll be disgusting Peyton will be back to wanting Brady cook and drink what's out he'll change everything he'll change it up again yeah uh next up dog water tier first up we're gonna go to another Mizzou uh border rival here the Arkansas Razorbacks 38 to 31 loss to BYU um I I was not able to watch any of this game but yeah I not a not a good start they are two and one but not a good loss for the uh the Razorbacks that we we felt that was deserved to be but below losers, so they're in dog water. I, I did watch a lot of this game. Arkansas held leads of uh, fourteen and ten in the first quarter and third quarter, respectively. They looked just awful on defense. I mean, they were getting absolutely diced by Keaton Slovis. I was oh, really shout out. taken aback, but yeah, former future Mizzou QB Keaton Slovis. Yeah. Um, I was taken aback by how just bad the O-line for them looked. Um, I, I, KJ Jefferson didn't look comfortable. The run game can't get going really for them. There's big issues in uh, in Arkansas. And, I mean, they've got – their their next four is brutal. I mean, they have Bama in there. They have LSU. They have A&M. Uh, there is a better chance that Arkansas is two and five and, and Bill Belichick just took a challenge. Yeah, I wanted to interrupt that with that. Bill Belichick just challenged this in the Sunday night football game <laughs> and stood right next. Out. He stood right next to the ref and just spiked the flag right next to his foot. He took it out of his sock <laughs> out and of his sock. spiked it right next to. He's got something else in his sock. It looked like a play sheet almost. Yeah. There's yeah. another thing in pa- there. It's the some Patriots nice old also- man socks. The Patriots also just blocked a field goal, and the guy came like way off the um, left edge and like, like that. It bull rushed the kicker and blocked it. That was wild. Yeah, but anyway. anyways, back to it. Arkansas, they have this week. They've got to go to Death Valley and play LSU. They come back home to play AM. They go on the road to Mississippi, and then they go on the road to Alabama. 
if Alabama's got its QB situation fixed, they will maybe win one of those games. I mean, that is a rough stretch. They could be staring down the barrel of two and five. And if that happens, Sam Pittman may be out of there. I mean, that would just be kind of the reality we're facing. The one thing I'll mention about that game is that Chase Roberts catch in the end zone. Um, did you guys see that catch? The, the one-handed, no. incredible. Yeah, yeah that is really like the top. It was number one play on Sports Center. Um, it looked great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Arkansas is the first dog water tier, and then we're putting Arkansas's future opponents in here, even though they won. Alabama, um, the Crimson Tide. They, you know, maybe maybe we're not giving uh, the South Florida Bulls enough credit. You know. 17 to no, three, Alabama was able to come away. To the, yeah. Alabama was able to come away with the win on the road. They didn't bring Milrow. Um, they started Carson Beck, right? And then benched him pretty early on not for no Tyler. Or not Tyler, Carson Buckner. Beck. He's Tyler Buckner. Sorry. I get the get Buckner. mixed up in my head. I think it's Tyler Buckner. Sorry. You um, won't have to know his name ever again. Cause he's never going to take a, yeah, he's not very good. Mind. Yeah. And then the, they had a, like a freshman playing and they just looked, they look bad. They're bad. Like for Alabama standards. Yeah, but. Tyler Buckner um, did not look good at all. Uh, Ty Simpson did not look very good. He looked better than Buckner, but not very good. Bama's just going to have to roll with Milrow at this point. That's just kind of the reality there is. I mean, Milrow is not good either. Um, he is not a refined passer. There's no other option on that team. I mean, and expect – and. Saban this year in the portal, he is going to poach somebody's quarterback. I don't, I don't know who he wanted to Jake get. Jake Garcia. <laughs> Jake Garcia. I thought you like fell forward onto your mic as you started to say. No, I wanted you guys to hear what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. Jake say Garcia. it again. Just one more time. Jake Garcia. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no. He wanted Drake May, the rumor is, this past offseason. Couldn't get him in the portal. They went after Sam Hartman. He went to Notre Dame. He's not going to swing and miss this time. Yeah. Yeah, tough. They they just look bad. Washed. I hate to say it. Um, and then final tier. Normally, it's the Vandy tier. But uh, we're giving a special nod this week to Vanderbilt, who lost to none other than former Missouri head coach Barry Odom in the UNLV Rebels, 40-37. to Oh, Vandy. I mean, maybe Barry Odom's just a, he was, I don't know, getting some revenge for Vandy. He's not a Vandy killer. 2019. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly not. Um, but yeah, he, he's getting revenge for 2019 just with a different team. Yeah, sure. Um, he, he, <laughs> beat, he beat Vanderbilt at, at UNLV. He had a top 25 roster and Kelly Bryant and couldn't beat him at Mizzou. That's college football for you, but Vanderbilt, it's sad. I thought they were going to be better. I picked them above Florida in my SEC East predictions, and um, that is not going to happen. They will be last again. I think I got UNLV winning the Mountain West this year. Looking strong right now. They covered against Michigan. They beat up Bryant week one. Be an SEC team in week three. They cover against Michigan? Yeah, because I had, oh. I had the bet to that you need a bet against Barry Odom and then Barry Odom covered. Oh yeah, bet against Barry. What was the line for that? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven and a half. Yeah, maybe maybe Barry's back. I don't know. Could take that Arkansas job if Sam Pittman gets fired. Mm. 
That would I don't be bad. think. I don't <laughs> think. Be bad. Oh, that'd be really bad. <laughs> the way his tenure ended there was uh, also pretty, pretty. Ugh. Yeah. Fair. No, I know. Mizzou uh, fans would love it. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. But yeah, the loss to Barry tier is where Vandy goes in. So there you go. There's the SEC tier list, and there's the show. Um, hope everyone enjoyed this weekend. Uh, everyone, I hope everyone at uh, on Mizzou's campus had a, had a fun weekend, especially enjoying the win, celebrating the win. It's on to Memphis. It's now Memphis week. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll have a preview of that game in St. Louis. Well, we won't be in St. Louis. The game's in St. Louis, just to clarify. Um, but yeah, we have plenty, plenty of fun stuff to cover, uh, to come. We'll talk a little NFL. Um, I think after the challenge, by the way, the Patriots just threw an interception. So Bill Belichick's a little bit down bad right now, but yeah, we'll be back next week on Thursday for a, a brand new show for you guys, preview Memphis. So stay tuned for that. Everyone have a fun and safe week. We will see you on Friday.